Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. As Warrior Dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. Today, I am pleased to bring on Jalen Moore. And for those of you that might not know Jalen, Jalen is a father, an actor, producer, martial artist, and a singer. He currently stars in History Channel's Six on Amazon Prime and Hulu. He's a returning character on Homeland Season 8 on Showtime, as well as The Resident on Fox. He's been featured in hip films such as Bad Moms, Hot Pursuit, Man Down, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and many others. IMDb calls Jalen the epitome of today's action hero and renaissance man all in one. In my opinion, Jalen is also the epitome of a warrior dad on and off the screen. He is he leads a disciplined life of healthy living, fitness, and martial arts, which not only allows him to keep up with his family, but has given him the ability to perform his own stunts when needed. Jalen, welcome to the Warrior Dads podcast. Uh, thank you. I'm very, very flattered by that intro. Hell of an intro, man. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you're saying all these things. I'm like, God, this person sounds awesome. Who is this? <laughs> oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> and I and I and I humbly and graciously say that I'm dead serious. Uh, kind of like as I mentioned to you before, sometimes um, you can be your own worst enemy in a sense. Where I'm I'm a very positive person, but everything you just said, sometimes I just forget that because I just keep moving forward every single day. And when you hear that, the acknowledgement of of a lot of the hard work you've done, it, it it's a good reminder. It's like, oh wow, I did do that. Oh, okay, well that that's cool. That feels good. Who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we were actually... Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, Absolutely, man. I'm so glad we could set this up. And, you know, we were just talking about it, so it's it's kind of a good segue. And something we were just talking about, how we wanted to talk about anyway, is that... Um, so for everybody listening, before we officially just went live right there, um, I was I was sharing this with Jalen because he's using... He uses the hashtag warrior dads a lot, which is actually how I came to find Jalen. And uh, I see this guy using this hashtag a lot. I'm like, man, well, he's doing some really great stuff. I see him with his kids. He's working out. And then I started to see a little bit more and more. And there's one particular post that I want to save for a little bit later uh, that I wanted to ask you about and have you explain. But um, you also are using the hashtag warrior dads and can you spell that for everybody 
Uh, we are warrior dads. Oh, we are. Yeah. War- yeah we are warrior dads. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so it's, we, W E A R E and then warrior dads. So I'm looking at some of the posts on there and you got so many comments of people thanking you, people saying how inspiring you are to them, whether it's a workout video, whether it's just a, a great message that you're sharing for that particular day. And I'm sure you've seen these comments and it's just amazing on how you can have this impact on somebody, of course, that you've probably never met and maybe never will meet, but they're watching you and you have X amount of thousands of followers and they're like, wow, like, look, look at this guy and you're having this positive impact. So, and that even goes for anybody listening is where you never really know the impact that you have on somebody just from either a message that you share or something that you did that could have this inspiring effect that could lead to God knows what in their life and in a positive way. So what do you, I mean, how do, how do you, how do you internalize that? Because you're seeing what you're doing and you're like, Mm. maybe it's just super normal for you, but it's above and beyond for somebody else. How do you Um, think about that? Well, you know, it's, to be honest, it's, it's nothing that's ever normal to me, to be honest. Um, Hmm. Like as an actor and being in the industry that I'm in, it's obviously it's kind of expected uh, for a lot of actors. And, but for me personally, it, I'm, I'm always uh, very flattered first off when people will DM me or reach out or even comment uh, like this really inspires you, man. Thank you. This, that, and you know, it just, it feels good. You know, it really feels good, man. I was um, my wife. I always tell her like, I, <laughs> I have this phrase I say in the house. I'm like, I got something to say. <laughs> I always tell my wife that she's like, here he goes. I'm like, I got something to say. Like when I'm watching, like whether it be the news or this and, I'm like, you know, I, 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 I sometimes, <clears throat> now this isn't like toot my own horn saying I always have the right answers. This is just <laughs> something that I internally, I inter- let me preface it with that. Um, this is just something that I internally feel, intuitively feel, and like soulfully feel. Is that, as I kind of view the world from a microscopic and also macro type of view, um, I, I tend to see holes and, and just challenges for people. Um, I don't like to say the word problems. So I, I say challenges mm-hmm. and uh, of, of all people worldwide. And um, not that I have the solution, but I always feel that if they're reminded uh, within these own personal challenges to wake up every morning and step into your day with, with focus with with love with kindness with determination with um with trying to be or or looking to be of service to others in some way even if it's like opening a door for somebody or you know an old lady's a somebody walks in a restaurant you open the door for them uh just manners just common sense i mean so all the positive some people say hippy dippy stuff you could think of um I, i i always i always feel like that is a is is the solution because that'll, that's like the core within everybody. And if everyone woke up and focused on really, uh, in my opinion, in self-care and self-love uh, first, that would then take them to a level of happiness, confidence, positivity. And then that would then spiral into the next level of them projecting that outward towards other people. 
because if you're very uh, unhappy with yourself or out of shape or don't feel good or don't feel strong and not seeing it to be the most ripped person in the world, but just feeling good, if you don't feel good, um, that then leads to moodiness and insecurities and anger and, and whatever else you could think of. And then that spirals into a projection of negativity onto the world. So, so basically what I'm saying, Jim, is I do have a solution <laughs> and that's a, and that and that solution is uh, it's it, it's the makeup of who I am. It's the foundation of self care, self love, in order to reciprocate outward. It's like when you're in an airplane and they and they say when the mask drops, put it on yourself before you put it on your kid. It makes sense because if you don't take care of the engine itself, then the ship can't run, uh-huh. right? So yeah. I always promote this. So what when I so back to now when I see. By the way, I go on tangents sometimes. And my friends always call me out for it and they laugh. So if that happens, you can steer me back. But um, <laughs> there's a warning. But, uh, you know, so when I, when I do see these comments that inspired somebody to do this or that, it makes me feel really good. And, and I kind of have this moment to myself where I'm like, yes, like, like I'm happy to read that, you know, and, and I'm flattered and, and, and I'm honored that something that i did whether it be a fitness post or maybe it was something i said or maybe just being goofy i've had people like dm me going dude your goofy stories like make my day and make me so happy and i'm like oh my god um if you're getting a kick out of me just being an idiot on instagram (laughs) and doing like funny things with my kids or just just being goofball Mm -hmm. great um because i really feel that if you can be loose and fun throughout the day and not so like serious. Um, that can also lead to uh, a better and healthy um, lifestyle. Absolutely. So, like your, uh, I, I appreciate all that. Yeah. Your one post on your story, uh, which of course is gone now, but it wasn't on the feed. It was on your story on Instagram where you were on some carpet and you were just being goofy and pointing to this guy and just having fun. And you were saying, you know, kind of, I remember reading it's like, you know, this is me like posing for the camera. And then also like, wait for it. And like the real me comes out and then you're just, you know, pointing and smiling and just kind of, like you said, being a goofball. Right. And so, Oh my God, my, my publicist hates me on carpets. He's like, can you please give me, can you please give me a nice serious like GQ photo please that I need for the press and then you can do you. And I'm like, yo, that's hard for me to do because I get up there and I see all these people doing the blue steel Magnum lips and trying to look all pretty and perfect. And I'm like, that's not the real you. And so I, I definitely will stand for like a second or two to get that like one shot. And then I'm just smiling, laughing, doing weird, goofy poses. And, and all the photographers love it. They're like, hey, it's Jalen again. Here he goes. And like, believe me, one day when I'm at like a, a massive award show, because uh, that is the goal, obviously, as, as an actor, um, like, let's say the Academy Awards, that would be an honor to be able to walk on that carpet one day. And, and when I do as I say, because I'm manifesting that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you will see some serious, but mostly smiling and just like, I'm so grateful to be here and and be among my my peers and, you know, working in the industry that I love so much. And you're going to see a lot of goofy shots. I'll probably be on People Magazine with like the biggest smile or like weird boy band pose. (laughs) Well, I think, I think, I just think with in a world that, in a world that craves authenticity, I feel like that yeah. word's been very, very big on TV, in social media. Just I, I feel like that word has been so prominent in the last 
I don't know, X amount of years, but just let's say five years, it's probably more than that. Um, and you have so many people in the limelight talking about authenticity and even now young YouTubers and uh, social media influencers and things like that talking about being authentic. I think that's such a big quality that people are craving mm -hmm. because you can have this world of fakeness and you know, for someone like yourself who's in the spotlight, literally uh you want to almost get to know at least and maybe this is just me projecting my own fascinations with with someone like yourself in a profession that you're in um and it's it, you know it could be a professional uh, basketball player football player or an actor like yourself but it's just getting to know that real person you know you have the person that's on screen you have the actor the character that they're playing you have the person the persona on the field or on the court but then you see how they are maybe behind the scenes in their real life. And you're like, wow, look how down to earth that person is, or look how funny or goofy that person is. And I just think that helps you to connect to that person and see a different side of them in this completely yeah, different light than they're usually uh, portrayed in. I totally agree with you on that. I, I really do, brother. It's like, I think social media has, there's the downside and the upside and let's focus on the upside. And with the upside, it's that, yeah, it, first of all, I will call you out, right? The audience of social media has now become too clever to be like, that's fake. That's superficial. And they will call you out. And what better than just to be your authentic self? And I always tell people, you do you. Like, I'm going to do me. You do you. Like, don't, don't, don't try to put something on. Just, just be you and just have fun. And that's why I call myself out. That's why I do those fun stories where I'm like, actor me on the carpet. And then, and then but the real me. And then it's like this goofy thing or this, or I right. up stories of, of my kids and I messing, you know, playing around or like last night we're at Benihana for dinner and I was wearing the funny looking chef hat, not worrying about how ridiculous <laughs> I looked as a father, but it made my kids laugh and, and I rocked it. People in the restaurant are looking at me like, who is this big child? And I'm like, Hey, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm this, you know, I'm this 38 year old child. How you doing? <laughs> right. Cause I, I think, I think in the opposite way. So even, so you're right. People will definitely call you out on it, um, especially on social media, I guess, because they can just hide behind their fast typing fingers. But the thing yeah. is, is that it's for you, for, you know, if, if we're only talking about you and looking at it from your perspective, you're being your authentic self. So you don't feel like you have to put on this mask or you have to change your persona. And so now you're not acting out another character that you think you have to act out. You're act, you know, you're just being you, which aligns with, the archetype that you're portraying right now or that you're playing out in your life, but naturally not because you feel like you have to, you know what I mean? So you're yeah. not wearing this separate mask thinking, Oh, I have to be like this, even though I really want to be like this, you know, you're not holding anything back. So I think that that's psychologically and emotionally, that's super healthy. And, oh, and, 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 and just seeing people, seeing someone like you. So maybe even other actors that see you do that, you could have that profound effect on them. Be like, wow, like, wow, like, look, he's yeah. just maybe because maybe they want to do the same thing. Maybe they want to make the faces that you're making. Maybe they want to, you know, uh, take a picture standing up on a light post or something like that, you know, with their arms out to the sides and just smiling. And they're like, yeah, I don't know, that kind of looks goofy. It looks better for me to, like, you know, stand uh, here and look uh, out into the sunset yeah. or, you know, with their arms crossed or something like that, you know what I mean? So, anyway, but 
that's really cool. So I'm, I just, you know, I commend you for doing that and keep up, keep up the, the inspiration that you're giving to so many people. Um, speaking of your kids though, you said you were at Benihana. How many children do you have? So I have two kids. Uh, my daughter's five. She just turned five, um, this January, January 2nd, she's five going on 13 little sassy pants over there. She says (laughs) she's such a little warrior spirit and I love it. I'm like, yes, she's, she's definitely a tough one. So feel sorry for the guys trying to mess with her, let alone they'll have to go through me and her uncle who's a green beret. But anyway, uh, and, um, and then my, uh, my son, he turns two in April, April 9th. And uh, he's already, he's just developing and catching up so quickly because of his older siblings. So I, he's already uh, showing (laughs) energy, as I say, and signs of what I call the terrific twos. You know, some people like to use the word, um, Terrible what is it? They say the terrible twos, but I'm like, nah, man. See, I almost forgot it. I almost forgot right there because I, I always refer to it as, look, let's not even put that negative space out there. Terrific twos. And you just gotta, you know, words are very powerful, uh, regardless of what language we speak. And you gotta be careful with that. You gotta be really careful because your mind will start to believe it. So whenever something goes down, I'm like, oh, he's in his terrific twos. Here we go, young man. Come here. How can I help you with this? This energetic tantrum that you're throwing right now. Let's go. Let's, you know, here, here's a basketball. Go throw that. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's super funny. It's fun. I love them. They're they're fireballs of energy. And my wife, she's super energetic and positive and motivated. So sometimes they, when they're running around doing the most goofy, obnoxious things that children do, I'm like, that's on you. She's like, no, 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 that's definitely from you. And I'm like, well, according to your mom, that's from you. So we always have these fun little debates back and forth, <laughs> but they're I wanna, great. Yeah. I want to, um, I want to touch on patience briefly because I heard you say in an interview, a very brief interview that you had that it's really, really important for a parent to be patient. And you really emphasize the word patience. I think you said it a few times. Would you consider yourself to be patient? I am in certain aspects of my life. Yes. I would lie. I would be a liar if I said I am in every aspect. I'm working on other parts of my life where I could be more patient, uh, specifically with um, producing and other avenues of my career. There's just sometimes there's things that are not in your control. So you have to learn how to be patient with that and continue to create and move on and do like other things in other areas or other projects while the other one's growing a life of its own. Mm-hmm. So, but for when it comes to my kids, for the most part, I am. There's times where I may be tired or a little irritable, you know, where we all we all feel that as human beings and no one's perfect. And there's times where I'm like, oh, God, just just give this kid like a popsicle or something. Go give him that cookie so he'll shut up. I'm like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> Brittany, please, just, just ah, turn on the iPad. You know, so, and because <laughs> I always try not to do these kind of things. Um, specifically like let me use this as an example like when we go to restaurants we um we try to stay engaged with our children as much as possible i'm a little more old school so i bring coloring books crayons and draw with them color this and that and then if they're behaving well and they're calm enough when the food comes if they're getting super antsy then i'll put on like a little episode of like peppa pig or something where they can watch that while they eat but that's like the emergency thing we do for the most part we try not to offer it up we try to keep them engaged just because that's how I was raised. But every now and again, that patience, 
yeah, it'll run out. And I'm like, here's your Peppa Pig. Watch it. And just be quiet. I need to talk to your mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it is key because with patience, it's something that culturally was really drilled into me. And it really is a powerful thing. The more patient you can be in any aspect of life, whether you're driving in traffic or in line at the DMV, we all know how that feels, or, uh, you know, in line anywhere, any, literally any aspect of your life. And you can remind yourself to try to be as patient as possible and take some deep breaths to distract your mind. You'll just live a better life. So patience is definitely probably one of the most important things in our lives, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I definitely promote that as much as possible. And I too am always a student of it. Like I'm not a master, right? So there's times where I'm like, oh, reminder, hey, come on, man. Work on that patience. And I literally will say that to myself internally and sometimes externally. And if someone's near me, they're like, were you just talking to yourself? I'm like, yeah, I was. I was. I had to, I had to check myself right there. You just heard that. So, yeah, uh-huh, that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned that it was really ingrained in you because you're old school. Was that mm-hmm. from your dad or your mom about the patience? Um, really both. I mean – my dad for sure like culturally that that stems from like my dad's from afghanistan and my mom is spanish and so um american but my her parents are from spain uh so it's um both culturally the patience was always drilled into them and and it it could stem from culture it could stem from religion you know regardless of where it came from exactly i just know that it was something ingrained in us as children and you know it's hard as a kid you're waiting in line or something, you're getting antsy, and your your dad's like, be patient. Watch him, wait, be patient. You know, then you have to wait. And I'm like, God, can't we just get in there? Nope. Or my mom, she would just distract us. She's like, be patient, or here, read this, or here, do this. And she was very, very good at distracting your mind. So then next thing you know, when you're done with whatever activity she gave you, or, or game, or like memory game, or what, she was always very good at figuring out little things to distract us for the X amount of time before we're going into a building or a movie or whatever it was as kids that we were impatient about. Mm-hmm. Misdirection. I really admire her. Yeah, misdirect, correct. Yeah. And it really works. It really works because then it takes you out of that spiral. And as adults, sometimes we tend to spiral. We get spiral into something or negativity and then you, you need something to distract you and pull you out of that so you can see with clear eyes and without being frustrated or impatient. So. Do you find you do the same thing with your children? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Sometimes as far as telling them so. to be patient like your dad did and mm-hmm. or, or trying to yeah. misdirect them or something like that and just keep them occupied? To a point already where I've done it a little too much, like my five-year-old, she's like, I know, Dad, be patient. I'm like, did you just mock me? <laughs> <laughs> she's this cute little warrior. I'm like, I'm like, Lily. her name is Lily, and my son's name is Luca. And I'm like, Lily. Uh, and I can't even get mad at her because she's yeah, this, she's got me wrapped, bro. Let's just face it. That's like, a beautiful name, Lily. Lily, thank you, man. Yeah, it. it um, what does that mean? It's an, Af- it's an Afghani name and uh, derived from an old meaning uh, from I think the Arabian verb, and it uh, it means pretty night, uh, pretty um, sunset. So like you know when the when the sunset is is hitting the peak and the the skies are like blue and pink and yellow and stuff mm-hmm. that lighting right there that's referred to as lightly so that's like the meaning of it so 
She's like, Daddy, what does it mean? I'm like, you're a pretty sunset. That's what that means, okay? She's like, okay, I'm a pretty sunset. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it was my one name in the hat. Like when my wife was pregnant and we found out it was a girl, um, I said, look, I know you're going to have a box of names. I have one that I've always been in love with, and it also derives from an old folk song that my father used to sing. And the name of that song is called Lili. And um, so she was like, oh, my God, I love that name. Great. And I'm like, really? I didn't have to argue. She goes, yep, done. That's it. Wow. And, uh, there it was. Yeah. What was your dad's reaction? Because I'm sure he remembered the song. Yeah. Oh, he. Oh, man. When the minute she was born, he would hold her and he would sing to her. He would sing Lily. He did Lily, 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 John, John. It's an old song, and he would just sing to her, and you know, and he, and he still does, and she knows the words now too. So. But when he heard so her cute, name, man. like when he heard what her name was, what was his reaction? Oh, he loved it. Huge smile. Just really? he's like, oh, Lily, oh, beautiful, beautiful, you know. Yeah. It was great. It was funny when he heard Luca, though. Cause Luca's not an Afghani name, right? Luca, it's an Italian name. And my wife and I fell in love with Italy when we went to visit. But the Greek meaning of Luca means bringer of light. And hmm. actually, when my son was born, five days later, my mom passed away. Literally here in L.A. in long story short she dropped in my home had a heart attack and then oh got to the hospital and she was gone 36 hours later so it was so shattering but here i'm holding this newborn and luca bringer of light and he really helped heal not only myself from losing my mom you know five or six days exactly six days after he was born but um my whole family and ever since then he's been this just truly fireball of energy and, and bringer of light and has helped heal everybody and it's funny how sometimes you pick a name for your baby and man does it stand true wow know? it's crazy yeah i'm so sorry to hear that about your mom oh, but that's amazing that. like you were thank saying you. it's just like i mean what a coincidence i mean it's probably not a coincidence right but it's just mm-hmm. wow you hear that and you're like yeah it really is the bringer of light yeah yeah so my dad was like luca what is Luca? I'm like, well, dad, I'm not going to name him like Muhammad. Like, I'm like, come on, man. I'm not going down that road. And sort of <laughs> cracking up. He's like, he's like, I like Luca. I get used to it. And now he just, he's like, Luca, Luca, come here, Luca, Luca. And he just starts rhyming and saying things. And I'm like, see, now you're learning Italian. You don't even know Italian. And my dad starts cracking up. But um, yeah, Luca just totally fits him. Fits his personality. How was the relationship with your dad growing up? Uh, it was great, man. He, you know, for a lot of the time he was busy cause he was just working really hard. My, you know, my father, he's one of my heroes, man. Cause he, he here's a guy who leaves Afghanistan in the seventies, right before like all of it went to shit from the Russians. But, um, he comes to America and fi- just like, I want a better opportunity. Comes over here, meets my mom at like a, a coffee deli, like a little cafe in Oakland, California. And like a week later, they were married. End of story. Like, that's amazing, right? That's like, wow. Yeah. Um, and three kids, right? My older sister and younger one. But he um, he worked at first Gerber. He had like a factory job. And then he went to another factory. He worked at Kellogg's. And so growing up, it was kind of fun, actually, because we always had free cereal and Pop-Tarts and all the goodies, um, <laughs> especially around Halloween. We get all the mini ones and people love coming to our house because you would hand out like 
mini um, cereal boxes, mini Pop-Tart boxes instead of candy. And all the kids are like, oh, my God, let's go to that house. But um, my dad, man, he's – so a lot of times he was working a lot. You know, he was, he was crushing it and working to support, support his family, uh, you know, three children and a wife. And um, so I, I, I saw him, but, like, when it came to games, like football games, basketball games, sometimes martial arts tournaments – he didn't really make a lot of them because he was always working. But then sometimes specifically he would take time off to make it. And then I would see him obviously in the nights or on the weekends for sure. He tried to take off. So he would, it was great because he would always make efforts uh, for the time that he did have. But a lot of my childhood, it was like so much of my mom. And then dad would be, I would see my dad every day, but for short periods of times, but it was also very quality, which I love about him. He always made sure when he came home, and if especially it wasn't too late, it was quality time. He would sing with me. He would play Afghani music. And we'd sing together, or he'd ask me how school was, and we'd, you know, we'd eat dinner together. It was always important our family ate together, and so it was cool. Because looking back, as much as he did work, he really wasn't like the absent father, because he always pushed in for that quality time, which I'm very grateful for. That's and, awesome. Um, just seeing him do it, man. It was I was. I'm still impressed. I was like, dad, you know, a lot of people come here from other countries and they can't get a job. I'm like, you came here, you like hopped into the system. You got a good job. You, I was raised in Oakland and it got really bad in our neighborhood. And you, you managed to buy a house in like Dublin, California. And that's where we moved to, which was a little bit inland from Oakland. And um, we were there and then we had to move, relocate to Nebraska because Kellogg's had shut down in the Bay area. So we had to go to Omaha, Nebraska for my last two years of high school and go Huskers. So I became a Husker fan, obviously, because I played football. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, you know, Pops, he and I, we, and then as I got older, we started to get even closer. Like I've always been close to him, but we get closer and closer. And then now that I've lost my mom, um, we're definitely really close. And I call him every day to check up on him and get him down here and to stay with me weeks at a time uh, to be with the kids. And, you know, he's getting older, he's lonely. So, I do what I can. And my sisters up north are really good about checking in on him and taking care of him and keeping him busy with their kids. My older sister has three. So, yeah, so dad's, dad's, uh, pops is awesome. He's, he's a, he's the OG warrior dad, you know, mm -hmm. getting it done for his family. Yeah. That's nice. I like what you said about always eating together. That's something that <clears throat> my family and I do. We always sit down at the dinner table and have that quality time and, talk about our day, ask our son how his day was at school and things like that. So I, I think that's awesome. And like you that's said, beautiful. like it's, it's, it's the things that, that, yeah, every, every day, you know, um, I mean, there are some days that A lot of people that don't wife, do that, man. You know, they, they don't. a lot of people don't do that. No. Yeah. Sad. My wife and I are very old school that way too, because that's just how it was done in our house. Yeah. You know, I mean, big Italian family and you just, you sit down for dinner and that's part of your day. And, you know, with a, a couple occasions, where we'd have dinner in the living room, uh, which weren't many, you know, then we watch a movie together or something like that. But, uh, Oh, but those know. nights are fun. Like you need those nights. Cause that's like family, family fun TV dinner nights or family fun movie nights, but you're still together as a unit. You know, it's not like yeah, one kid's over there, one's over there or now with all these iPhones and iPads, I'm like, see, my kids are toddlers still, but when they get older, shit, I'll tell you right now, the minute dinner time, uh, -uh. but even myself phones on the charger, on silent like my business partners they know like after six i'm like guys i'll go back and check my text once i get the kids to bed but 
you're not going to get me on the phone because right. this is like this is my dinner time with my kids and then i take pride in having the time with them to put them to bed you know bath book time bedtime because you only get it once once they grow out of that then they don't need you like oh, i got it dad you know <laughs> you're not gonna bathe your 15 year old son <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> yeah right now i can i can do it while i have the time and uh but it's it goes by quick man you know it does. my daughter still wants me to hold her and sing to her and her books so I'm, sometimes i'm like damn i gotta go do this or Ugh, i want to watch this show or oh i need to go finish writing the script but i have to remind myself like whoa 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 this is temporary like she's five like in a few years she might not want this anymore she i got it dad so you better enjoy it now every day for what you know what you got and that's uh-huh. kind of how i look at it and check myself when i have those moments yeah it yeah. is kind of cool though too because you know my son especially when we get home from jujitsu like last night and then he'll just jump in the shower now by himself and he's been doing that mm-hmm. for a little while now because he's he's seven but that was something that we started to teach him is that you know because before he'd want a bath and he'd love a bath and i would always play you know i would sit outside the bathtub and we would just play mm-hmm. with some of the toys that he had whether it's his sharks or his crocodiles or his boats and stuff like that that's and awesome we would play and sometimes he still wants to do that but he's grown out of that a little bit and um but like on nights when we get home from jujitsu we got like a strict thing like all right come on let's go home let's have your snack let's get in the shower let's get ready for bed brush your teeth all that kind of stuff and then we'll read a book and then we'll watch a little tv together as a family and then he just goes to bed you know so the routines change a little bit but it's still so it's kind of nice to see them like see the ability of them getting a shot like to watch him just get a shower by himself you know and he's he's grabbing the soap and you know soaping up his own hair and rinsing off and then grabbing the sh- grabbing the towel off the shower door and yeah it, there's Aww. there's a sense of pride in there too because you're the one that helped them get to that point too you know what i mean so it's like yeah they're not taking baths anymore but there's something else to appreciate <laughs> something else yeah. to appreciate too no totally and I, and I know that day's coming so i just milk it for what i have speaking of son my two-year-old just ran away from my nanny. He's coming in. Hi, Luca. Hey, Daddy's on a podcast right now. You want to say hi? Say hi. They can hear you. Come here. Here, come say hi real quick in the headphone. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Luca. Hey. That's Mr. <laughs> Jim. He's a warrior dad like your daddy. He said hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so cute. Oh, my God. Hey. Okay, cool. Now get out of here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Patience. Get your ass. Yeah, Patience. all right. Patience. Right, bye, Luca. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> That's funny. He knows. He just wanted to make his entrance, man. If we were Skyping, he definitely would have been in here. Been like, hey, what's up? Look at me. I'm Luca. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned a couple of things. I want to talk a little bit about a couple of things you mentioned. You mentioned martial arts. You know, your dad coming to different martial arts tournaments and things like that. And you also mentioned grown up in somewhat of a rough area in Oakland. And so I know, I know this fact about you for, you know, two reasons. One, because you told me when we were talking on the phone last week, and then two, because I saw you in the video as one of the people that stood up for Raylan in the stand with Raylan, uh, hashtag stand with Raylan video where you and Laird Hamilton mm-hmm. and Gabrielle Reese and, Tom Cavanaugh and a lot of other people had stood up and gave him some encouraging words and said, you know, Hey, I was a victim of bullying when I was younger. And so I just wanted you to, I just thought there was one that was great that you 
took the time to just shoot that little clip. And then of course they made this big montage and for anybody listening, um, uh, blanking on his last name, but Raylan was this 12 year old boy. Um, and he, there was a video that went viral of him basically being beat up in the bathroom and, uh, and then a, a bunch yeah, of celebrities. And he, and he including, has, he has and, special needs, right? And, so he has um, autism, yeah, my, my... diabetes, mm-hmm. he's, an, he's overweight and I think he's partially deaf. And apparently he's just like the sweetest, nicest kid who's like a big teddy bear. And there's just all these viral videos of him getting beat up even by girls and boys and just four or five people at a time kicking and punching him. And so he was suicidal at one point from the ages of like nine to 12. And you guys just all hopped in and gave him some really encouraging words. He got a game ball from one of the uh, uh, football team. A college yeah, football, football team, mm-hmm. maybe it was Oklahoma, something like that. And so, you know, I just thought that was really great. But you said that you were bullied yourself. And I was just curious, is that one of the reasons that you got into martial arts? And maybe you can just share a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, when I mean, I'm, I know I'll announce my social media at the end, but on my IG, on my Instagram TV, you'll see the video of Raiden. And it, and it has has all this stuff. My friend, AJ Buckley, who's on um, the show SEAL team, he's the one that contacted me and says, Hey, we're doing this thing. This poor kid. I want you to watch this video. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Let me see this like ASAP. And I looked into it and I was like, Oh dude, what do you need? I'm there. And it was beautiful that it was all organized for him. Um, mm-hmm. Cause yeah, kids, kids can be mean, man. It can be mean. And I don't care what anybody says. People are always like, Oh, it's okay. It, this stems from the parents. Like parents, you have to be so involved. And even if you're working a lot, you got to find a way to really understand and know who your kid is. I'll tell you what, my kids will never be bullies because if they are, man, they got it in for them when they come home. Mm-hmm. They, they, and not that I'm like going to beat them. I'm like, okay, you guys want to be bullies? Okay, cool. We're going on a week retreat. I'm going to take you down to San Diego where the SEALs are, where I got my butt kicked and we trained for, uh, for six. And uh, we're going to do some um, sleep deprivation, throw you in the ocean, make you do some hikes, make you wear a rucksack. Like I will put my kids through physical conditioning hell to show them that life can be as easy as you want it to be or as hard as you want it to be. And I will teach them discipline if they go out there and be bullies. Like That is not cool with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it. For me, I yeah, I, I grew up in Oakland, and then at age ten, we'd move to Dublin because I was a safer city and more safe. But I was there in Fruitvale and in East Oakland, man. It just—I had really good times. My parents did a good job at keeping my my eyes looking at the positive of things, but can't hide everything. And you know, there were sometimes our, our cars were broken into constantly. Sometimes there were needles on the ground. There were gunshots down the street. There was there's stuff. You know, we were we were in the hood, and it. It, like it just as a kid I remember getting picked on and because I was a skinny little kid and they're like oh nice shoes or oh you got them Jordans right because I know money to get the Jordans so I would get like the fake ones from Payless like the XJ 900s that look like Jordans and I draw a little <laughs> Nike symbol straight up man I, I drew a little Nike symbol with a sharpie then I got made fun of and beat up for that right because you got the fake ones and then my auntie like god bless her she she's like I'm gonna go buy you the real ones and she did which was cool, and I had, like, quote-unquote respect. But then at the same time, I got chased by bullies because they wanted them. And uh, so I had to learn how to fend for myself at an early age, and my parents got me into martial arts, and it 
it really um, it saved me because it it kept me in a positive. You know, I could have gone down the other route of kind of partnering up or joining with these gangs, um, not only for protection, but just to feel cool and to have an identity. And my father and mom did a really great job at keeping me out of that. They kept me busy. It was like I was in dance, musical theater, martial arts, sports. Dude, I was in everything. So I didn't even have time for the street, to be honest. And, you know, it's just about, it's just, it, martial arts really, again, saved me and it taught me a discipline and it allowed me to channel any anger or energy in a positive, constructive way. And, but also taught me self-defense to where I was able to defend myself, um, which then kind of earned a little bit of respect uh, to some of the bullies because I stood up for myself. Then they would move on and go to somebody else, you know, but then I would stick up for that person. So it was, it was a constant battle and um, I definitely will be instilling these disciplines to my kids, you know, and, and they're already interested. Lily is in kid Muay Thai right now. And sometimes I take her to like a jujitsu class my friend teaches and um, in my, my warrior dad gym that I've built in my, in my backyard, in my garage, the warrior den, as I call it. I know it's cheesy, but I like it. Uh, <laughs> I do too. They, I'm always in the warrior den working out, and my kids see me, and that's where they're growing up around. They'll come in, they'll hit the bag. She's like, "Daddy, buy me some pink boxing gloves." I'm like, "I got you." They're, I'm like ordering them already, and my son, you know, he's walk, he's hobbling around in his diaper, and he's picking up the battle ropes and just kind of like, Ugh. and I'm like, "Good, be careful." But yeah, yeah, those are daddy's ropes, and <laughs> so you know they're gonna be little badasses, and they will be the ones that I, well, at least I hope that'll stand up for kids that are getting bullied you know and and obviously and obviously stand up for themselves and not be afraid but i also teach them too that sometimes these bullies they they don't know any better they it's they, they get it from home and and then this is right. where us dads and moms need to really step it up and if a child's bullying my child you better believe i'm gonna go to that house and be like listen man like I need to investigate and see what's going on because you clearly aren't giving your child enough attention or maybe their mom or dad is, is violent and toxic and abusive verbally. And that's where the kid picks it up. Who knows? But it definitely stems from home. Kids aren't born just to go pick on other kids. It's an influence that comes from an older sibling or a parent. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I saw the, when I saw that video, it kind of sent me not, you know, not deep down the rabbit hole, but I was just kind of looking around a little bit. And I was so, you know, inspired and shocked by the video that it was Justin Wren um, from Fight for the Forgotten. He's this uh, campaign that he's doing for mm -hmm. anti-bullying. And it was the parents of Raylan. It was Raylan's parents mm -hmm. in an interview where like, it looked like a press conference, essentially. And apparently the kids who were doing the bullying... Um, I guess people started releasing their names in the neighborhood and sending death threats to the families of the kids. And the parents yeah. were actually asking the public, whoever was watching the video, please stop the cyberbullying to the parents and stop the cyber. Like parents were sending death threats to the kids, to these 13 and 12 year old kids of mm -hmm. just like random parents that were seeing this viral video and they were just so disgusted because it is disgusting and they just had yeah. so much like <laughs> there he is again. I, oh i know i know you told me that i know all right Boba, look katie's gonna take you outside on the swing okay yes almost nap time too mm -hmm. 
I know. Okay, bye. I love you too. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, That's staying in there. It's not being edited, by the way. Um, no, don't. It should no, no, be no. in there. It's fine. Yeah. It's, th- it's real. <laughs> it is real. But and you're right. I, it, it's just, I was like, wow, I was so inspired that they were just, they were just so forgiving of the parents and of the kids that were doing this to their son and making the son feel like he, because he wrote it on his forearm with a Sharpie, I want to kill myself or I want to, I want to die or something like that. That's what this 12 year old boy wrote on his arm. And thinking of that as a parent, if I saw that on my son's arm, that would just crush me and break my heart, you know, and I'd literally, like you said, go over to the kid's house or whoever did this, but I would, I'd probably rip the dad out of the house and just like, so, this, is, this is what you're teaching yeah. your kid, you know, and then, but that would be my reaction, my first reaction. And then I well, see that, these that... parents online and I'm like, wow, they're actually asking for nobody to bother these people and they're forgiving them. They're like, no, they're just kids. And I'm like, just kids, screw that. You know? So I yeah. was just, wow, that's, you no, know, I'm, that's I'm with a you on that, level. man. That's, this is where this is where it's dangerous. This is where us us parents and and warrior dads and warrior moms. This is where we need to we need to stop and think before we react, mm-hmm. which is actually a big martial arts thing too. Um, because you, you you yes, if my kid came home and had something written on their arm, like I'm gonna kill myself, then I, that number one that would that would immediately infuriate me and my anger would jump to levels, you know, unspoken of. And then yes, I'd go to that house. And yes, in the moment on the, probably on the drive there, I would already be plotting in my head. All right. If I pull his dad out of the house and if he gives me any lip, I'm a whoop his ass in front of his family. I'm a grab that kid. I'm going to slap the shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these are the thoughts. These are the thoughts. Oh yeah. But, but, but the reality, if I do that, now I'm be I, I could be perceived as a bully from somebody else's truth, correct? It's True. justified in my actions clearly from what I'm doing, but then on the flip side of the coin, it could be perceived as now you're just as low. So the biggest challenge is that is you have to go in there with with love, as corny as that sounds. Now look, I call it I call it love I call it love check. A little love, but you check them at the same time, right? So it's like, look, let's have a real discussion, please, sir, Mr. Smith, whatever his name is. Why'd your kid do that? Let's talk about this, you know, and you can have a little bit of a confident, aggressive tone. It doesn't have to be violent and get to the bottom of it. Now, I'm all about self-defense. So then there's that thin line. If if a parent gets triggered and they start smack talking you, it's better to walk away. But if anyone ever attacks you, I feel personally, then you're in the right to defend yourself. So my wife's like, I pray to God, nothing ever happens to our kids. Cause I feel like you're going to go snap someone back. I'm like, no, I said, I feel like that, but I really truthfully in the core of me, no, I wouldn't do that. You know, I would get there and I would just try to have a, a formal adult conversation right. and trying to get to the bottom of this. And sometimes the kids end up becoming best friends, man. I can't tell you how many times, a few of these quote unquote bullies when I was little, we we duke it out and the next thing you know, we're like best friends. And it's so funny, boys will be boys. Because my 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 wife's like, you know, us girls didn't do that. It would just be more it'd be like mean girls, more like nasty back talk and and different type of, you know, bullying. And I'm like, man, that's even worse. I'm like, at least boys will just duke it out and then go play, you know, 
baseball, mm-hmm. basketball, play with like trucks, but uh, not every boy, but you know, I'm just saying stereotypically, that's at least what happened to me. So, um, but uh, we definitely have to approach that stuff. I, I'm, I really applaud the parents of Raiden for doing that because it's difficult. I'm sure inside they're like, yeah, these parents deserve that. But you know, it's like, guys, we can't, we can't become the bullies now. Right. right. Like, it's been, it's been addressed. The parents said they're going to discipline their children in whatever manner they feel is necessary. So we're just going to have to step and forgive. And it takes a look, I, but I'm with you, man. I can say all this now, but if I experienced it, who knows, right? I would like to think I would take the higher road, but it's difficult sometimes. So this is where patience comes in. This is where breath comes in. This is like when there's an action before you react right away, unless it's immediate danger and you have to defend yourself. Take a beat, calm down, take some deep breaths, think it through, strategically think it through. Just like our military, like they think things through. They don't just all of a sudden, oh, let's go do this, go do that, because that's how you get killed. You got to think think it through, be strategic, try right. to use your words, you know, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know that you, you, like you said, you train a little bit with the seals in preparation for six and those guys, um, schedule everything to a T and know what they're going into before they go into it. You know what I mean? They got to prepare oh and gosh. think about it and yeah. it's not just, uh, all right, here, you know, we're going to go try this. You know, it's not just something put together like that. They they prepare on top of prepare on top of the prepared. <laughs> right. right. Like every, what I, what I've learned from those guys in preparing and becoming a character for a TV show. And that's just like a smidgen of like the years of training they go through. So I was very, very honored and, and blessed to have the opportunity as an actor to, and a civilian to learn a lot of, the secrets and the trade of what they go through and have these wonderful shared open authentic conversations with these guys who opened up to me about their truth and what they've seen and what they've done and it's tough man like i i hats off to our military man of all branches i am a big supporter of them you know and and some people aren't and i always tell people like look this is a career that these men and women volunteer to do what they believe is right to mm-hmm. defend this soil so whether and a lot of the time these guys these guys and women they, they and i'm gonna try i'm not trying to get political here so I'll, I'll keep this short but the political agenda is above them and they're being told what to do but the fact that they volunteered to get in there to do something to defend this country for what they believe in man anytime i see a veteran i'm like hats off shake their hand thank them for their service police officers same thing you know and my, I, have, I have family in law enforcement, and unfortunately, unfortunately, there's some dumbasses, and I'm sorry to even use that word, but there are that should not be on the blue line um, who weren't trained properly, or they have fear, or maybe they grew up with some type of prejudice or racism. So unfortunately, those incidences put a very bad name on the blue line, and not all police are like that. And it's really unfortunate because it it puts such a negativity on the spotlight of police officers. And I always tell my brother-in-law and some of my friends who are cops, I'm like, what would happen if all you guys just called them sick for like a month? <laughs> I'm like, people, people are saying, people are saying that like, you know, F cops, this, that, then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That individual cop that did that. Absolutely. He shouldn't be a police officer. Sure. Let's, let's try him in court. Sure. But like, don't that, you know, that's like saying like all black people are one way or all Afghans are terrorists, 
or all Mexicans are this or all Colombians are that. Like you can't do that. So, you know, you can't yeah. stereotype everybody. So, but I tell, I tell my, my, my police officer friends, I'm like, man, I think all you should call, call in sick for like a month and just, just, just boom, just stay home. And let's see, let's see all of a sudden when society's like, okay, wait, we need our cops now because you're going to have a, a surgence of all these bad dudes who are going to be like, it's going to be like the purge. They're oh, coming yeah. out just doing shit. And then people are going to realize, oh, okay, maybe we do need the blue line. It's like, yeah, we do. But, but, but we do need to filter it out. We got it. We got to, we need better training for, for some of these other ones. And, and we got to figure out that these young cadets coming in and make sure that, you know, they're not doing this for a power trip, but they're doing this to actually be of service to yeah. The people. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and every time we see someone who might be, you know, active duty, if they're in their, their camo, uh, or, you know, a police officer in their blues or something like that. Um, my son always says, thank you for your service. So it's something That's that awesome. I taught him at a young age, which was kind of, you know, which was inspired me by my cousin who was a firefighter and was also in the coast guard and now serves in the FBI. And so nice. Um, that was, no, you know, at any, any time I'm at a, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but any, no. I'm just passionate about this topic. So I'm just, when I get passionate, I talk, um, <laughs> any, um, anyone, whenever I'm in line, like the other night we were at Paquito Mas, a uh, cool little spot that we go to eat at and it's counter service. So we have to go order. And, uh, in front of us was, um, some firefighters and, uh, I bought them all dinner and nice. just, just because, and, and not everyone's in a position to do that. And so, and not that I am even, I mean, I, I got a mortgage, I have bills, I have things to do, but I, I felt that, you know what, I'm going to spend this extra like 50 bucks for these guys or whatever the price was, because they, they deserve it, man. And they're out there for me. And, and I've done it before too, for a police officer. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll buy you a coffee, man. What do you want? Like if I'm in line, like you don't have to, I'm like, yeah, but I want to, you know, and firefighters, police officers, military, it's just, it goes a long way. Yeah. It's a big thank you. You know, it's nice. And yeah. if you're in a position to do that, even if it's a coffee or even if it's a handshake and a thank you, it means a lot because they get a lot more shit than they do get a lot of thank yous. Yeah. All of the oh, servicemen, uh, all, we, all the first responders, all the servicemen, everybody. Say, I, I hear from all of them. Uh, like, we don't get enough thank yous. I mean, when they see, I mean, he's been doing it since he was, you know, four or five. And, uh, you know, when they see have a kid tap them, to say something to them and they have no idea what's going to come out of this kid's mouth. Right. I mean, they're just like, Oh, okay. You know, this kid's tapping me. Uh, maybe he's going to ask me about my gun or you know, flashlight or whatever it is. And then he just says, thank you for your service. I can't tell you how many people have just stopped and tried to start talking to them and say, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you know, what's your name? Things like that. You know, it's just, you could see mm -hmm. the appreciation on their face and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier is that the first thing you open with is just be a good person and that kindness and that, that love that you're just sharing with somebody else and just could brighten up their whole day. You know, someone could be having yeah. the shittiest of days and then they hear something like that and they're like, wow, that makes this job worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. So anybody listening who, uh, who is in the service, uh, active duty, you know, veteran, police officer, firefighter, thank you for your service out there. Yeah, um, thank you. Last question before we get to the final 10 questions, I wanted to know, um, you know, we just briefly talked about, six but i wanted to know what what drew you to the role in six i know you mentioned uh because we talked about it before and that's actually the that's actually the post so i'll just kind of lump these two things together you know i know that your cousin is a, a green beret 
And there was a really cool post that you have on Instagram, and it's the two of you guys sitting next to each other, looking off into the distance. And you wrote, "One of us is a real life warrior, and one plays a warrior on TV." Or you know, I'm, yeah. I, I might one be, of us is you know, a real life butchering. badass, and, oh, and one badass. of us is there a badass. Plays, plays a badass on TV. Plays a badass on TV. So, what <laughs> yeah. drew you to the role of six? Well, first and foremost, started with an audition. <laughs> that's okay. how it always happens with us actors i mean I, I caught i caught wind of the show and really pushed my team to get me in there and um the way i actually got cast in six is a very unconventional story uh but to give you just the answer of it because it's a long story that the creators of the show created a role for me um i threw in an they i got called for an audition on it which was not even a character that fits my description or profile and it was kind of what i call the token audition and I went for it anyway. Most most actors will turn it down. They'll read it and be like, I'm not that guy, or I don't look like a Bogard Buckley from Texas. The fact that I even got in the door for it, I was grateful. So I just studied all these pages, and the day after they were due, and I had to do this audition on tape and sent it, and they ended up calling my agent and said, hey, um, what ethnicity is Jalen? And they're like, oh, I know his dad's from Afghanistan, mom's Spanish, but he's American, blah, blah, blah. They said, well, we uh, were so impressed with his tape that uh we're not going to offer him the role he he read for we're actually going to create a role for him because we want to add him to the ensemble cast and we want we we think it'd be cool to add the first afghani muslim navy seal on television and i was like whoa like it was such an honor they they literally made history on history <laughs> on history channel <laughs> which is really really cool yeah so once i got in that they called me and they're like that you booked it they created a role for you and this is like the creators are Bill Broyles. If you look up William Broyles, there goes my Bill, Bill Broyles. He wrote some small movies, you know, Apollo 13, Flags of Our Father, Cast Away. Just those, small those movies. Small ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jarhead, you know, just just those amazing films. Um, and Bruce, Bruce McKenna, who was like a writer on uh, Band of Brothers and, and David Broyles, who was a veteran, a PJ. Um, uh, Bill Broyles, son, who's also a writer. So these are the guys involved. And I was so grateful they brought me on. It really changed my career and took it up a level. And um, so once I was in, they were like, okay, you booked it, they created a role for you. And next week you're getting picked up and you're getting taken to uh, Encinitas down by San Diego to a place called Seal Fit, where you're going to be at a boot camp. And I was like, uh, Mark, huh? Mark, right? <laughs> Mark Devine? Mark Devine. Mark Devine. Coach Devine, as we Coach called him, Mark, and all yes. the other guys. And uh, man, they, they whooped our ass. And I'll tell you, though, it was the hardest, but yet, most amazing experience of my life. Um, just imagine buds. If you look up buds on YouTube, B U D S, that's a six month course, I believe. So this was all shrunken down to about three, four days for us. Um, five days counting the travel and all that, but it was like the sleep deprivation, getting yelled at, log PT, like 20 mile hike, rucksacks, uh, being waterboarded in the ocean, running in sugar cookies and any kind of torture you could think of was pretty much what they did and their job was to was to break us and all of us had breaking points and there was a part between the delirium and the lack of sleep when i legit thought i enlisted there was a moment when i looked around and i looked at my castmates now my brothers because we all have shared pain and i'm like yo did are we like did we sign up for the military like there were moments when i legit but I was like, am I on a TV show or is this like a reality show? What is going on here? And it was just so much pain. <laughs> but it was amazing because it really showed 
myself and and my brothers that that were training with me it really showed us levels and and the threshold that we think we have to hit stop the stop button in our brain and your brain will tell you stop before your body will really stop like your brain might say stop when you're at like i don't know maybe 20 percent, and your body's like no i got 80 more percent but you just got to find it you got to dig deep find it and just move. so you didn't ring the bell so it was it was really cool man it was no no and they were like go ahead you want to quit quit but you have no right representing us dude. and they all talk the same they all have that tone you want to do that fine go ahead fine be a little bit you know and you're like oh man no coach what no coach uh you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was um it was it was amazing, uh, and, and that could be a whole nother podcast that I could talk to you about because I could talk hours about that experience. Because then we got to go work with live guns, do live fire, and learn all these tactics. And so, me just diving into that role and reading some seal books and interviewing a lot of the seals from Devgru, which is uh, Seal from Six, and just getting to know these guys really like took me to some dark places and warrior code, you know, and understanding. Um, what they go through and and when they come home the hardest struggles when they come home man it is when they come back that's these guys love being over there and they, they they're in their own a lot of them that i spoke to they're in their own level of peace they're they're in this they're talking about being present they're in the most present meditative state of mind when being shot at they're they're just like they're doing what they got to do to survive and get out of there they come home over here they're bored mm-hmm. yeah i've heard that before i've heard that you know um, so it's, it's, it's a great show. I hope everyone checks it out because we had a great two seasons. Unfortunately, it wasn't renewed for season three, but the two seasons that we had was great. And I still have vets and people of the community DM me or reach out to me saying, you guys were like the most authentic show that I've seen in regards to portraying these, the real dudes, like why they cancel it and what happened. And I'm like, I don't have all the answers, but I appreciate the love. And, you know, you can still stream the two seasons. So definitely check it out. Um, so it was, it was just such a great part of my life as an actor but just as a father yeah you know it really t- i don't complain about anything anymore because if I, if I if i even try to complain i hear them in my head could be worse oh your knee hurt my buddy uh, got his leg blown off by an ied in afghanistan he would fight you for that leg is it hurt now and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> you're like sorry man could be worse right so and then being around my cousin a lot, who was a Marine and a Green Beret, he served in two different branches of the military. He's a badass, and he hanging around him a lot, and still continuing my training on the range, and just learning from him. And I respect him so much. He's basically my older brother. You know, just being around him and his community has been a real, a real learning curve and an inspiration to me as as a dad and as as a, as a warrior dad. Yeah, as I would say. That, yeah, that's awesome. All right, I know we got to wrap it up. So. Um... <clears throat> As we end with I can every go episode. To, yeah, I, I can go to, I got about like, wait, I have like five more minutes and then, I'll, yeah. then I can hang up. So, so um, I want to, as we end every episode with 10 questions, uh, these 10 questions were inspired by James Lipton uh, from Inside the Actor Studio, which I love. So, you ready to go? Let's do it. Who is your hero? Aside from my own father, uh, if you're saying celebrity-wise, Nope, just, right just now, in general. Or, or just who is your hero? In general? Um, my dad, as I explained earlier in those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. Dwayne Johnson, love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a hero of mine, man. 
for sure. Uh, sports icons, you know, like Michael Jordan. And I have my reasons. Um, even Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Bruce Lee. You know, there's a lot of men that I, that I grew up idolizing and watching. And not necessarily their behavior. Some people are going to hear Schwarzenegger and go, oh, my God, really, Jalen? Like, the guy who cheated on his wife. I'm not talking about that Schwarzenegger. I'm talking about the guy who came from Austria not knowing a lick of English. He dominates the fitness world, which is a very difficult world to dominate. Uh And and his name is bigger than any fitness expo. The Schwarzenegger Expo is still the biggest because I have a lot of friends that are in that. And then he dominates Hollywood in the 80s. And then he marries a Kennedy. And then he he becomes governor. Like, dude, that's inspirational. Uh Now, whether you agree with his political views or not, the fact that this man came from another country, that's like me going to China or Austria and becoming top dog over there let alone getting into their government. You know how hard that is? I Talk about imagine. willpower. Dude, so he, he legit, uh, for that part of the journey that I mentioned, is one of my heroes. Talk about and you got to work with him on escape plan, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I met him briefly. Unfortunately, none of my scenes were with him, so I didn't get to work with him at the level that I wanted to, but I do hope to come across him in, in future projects. That's nice. Um, him and, but Stallone, too. Self-made, mm-hmm. big time, right? He made his own career. Rocky, Rambo, all those. So there's a big laundry list of heroes, but that'll take up all your questions. So maybe we'll go to question two. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. What excites you? Life. Life excites me, man. Um, life and experience. You know, waking up every day. And my, I'm blessed to be in a career where any moment it can change. Mm. Literally, I can get a call right when we're done that I booked a new show and I'm going to go move to New Zealand for six months and film. So the excitement of my, of my career and of my life um, that I'm just blessed to be a part of is 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 beautiful, and I and I just live for for my kids, for family, for bettering myself, for being of service to others and myself. I mean, it's this answer can get very long. I hope I answered it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you can keep the answer <laughs> short too. That's okay. No, but I mean, it's hard for me too, man, because I like I said, I got something to say. See, right? That, like I said, I need to start a podcast called "I Got Something to Say." Anyway, go on. <laughs> What turns you off? Uh, people that don't have integrity, people that are rude, um, just mean people, bullying, anything negative, big turn off, big time. Don't get, the, don't bring that shit around me. And if you do, I'm gonna call you out on it, and let's try to find a way to switch it. Now, if you're having a bad day or whatever, that's one thing. I get it. We can all go through our feelings, let it take its course. But let's come out on the other end, maybe the next day or whatever. If you're going to constantly be this negative cloud and or mean or cruel. Mm -hmm. You there? Yep. Sorry, there's a call coming. Go ahead. What is your favorite sound? Uh, Favorite sound? (sighs) You know, oh. Say I'm in love with like music, right? So sound-wise, there's something about like a piano or like violins, you know, some some type of sounds like that. Because I listen to a lot of different meditation apps. I would say sound of like a pretty a beautiful guitar, piano, or violin. But also then on the flip side. The sound of a bag getting hit. <laughs> I walk nice. into a gym, you know, if I walk into that dojo and I hear that, like, I love that sound. I'm like, oh, it just, it wakes me up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm ready to go. So, yeah. 
What is your least favorite sound? When my kids fart, man. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> least favorite sound. Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, anything shriek, like like a high shriek or like a nails on a chalkboard kind of thing, you know, or it can be in someone's voice that's in that register, right? Mm -hmm. I won't name any actresses here, but um, <laughs> anything that's anything that's pitchy or just a, like meh, that whatever you could define as that sound, okay. that I hate. That yeah, in the life. yeah. What is your favorite quote or saying? Today I do what others won't, so tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. Nice. That was Jerry, Jerry Rice. Nice. In a couple words, what should a dad be? I think a father should be present, patient, full of love, understanding, and open open to do self-care, open for his own therapy, open for his own growth, to become a better human being, whether it be mentally, spiritually, and or physically for himself, for his family, for his children, and for society. That's nice. what a father should be. And in a couple of words, what should a dad not be? Don't be a dickhead, man. <laughs> All yeah. your dads out there, just don't be a dick. Just... Yeah. We all have it sometimes. I get it. But, you know, the more you can be understanding and let down ego, don't be egotistical. Don't always be right. Because if you're always right, you'll never learn. You'll never learn. You'll never grow. Mm -hmm. Don't always be right. Don't always have ego. Don't be so damn stubborn. And I battle that. I battle that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you could try any other profession, what would it be? Well, the fact that I sing, I'd say definitely be like a singer and pursue that full time. Um, but if it, if it wasn't in the arts, definitely an athlete. And I blew out my I blew out my right knee my senior year, and so I, I I really wanted to be a football player in the NFL. Man, that was a big dream of mine, and didn't work out. But you know, it led me to Hollywood. So, but that definitely would be it. To be a quarterback, receiver, linebacker. You know, for the 49ers, by the way, that's my team. Don't hate for all y'all listening. Definitely not. I'm a, I bleed red and gold, baby. And for my college team, I believe the Huskers. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Ooh. Um, you know, I would say that if there's one thing I'd like to be remembered for, it was just the, the guy who was always bringing life to the room that he'd walk into and for bringing people together. I'm really well known among friends and, and peers and colleagues of mine for being able to take two sides, let's just say Republicans and Democrats, because of what we're dealing with right now in our country, and bringing people together. I want to be yeah. known for the guy that can bridge commonality and love between people. Amen to that. Yeah. Jalen, where can people follow you and find out more about what you're doing? Um, you can follow me mainly on my Instagram, because that's where I, I go first. Um, it's just, uh, so you look up Jalen Moore, it should pop up for you. Um, I have a verified account. Uh, so you'll see the little funny looking check mark. Um, but uh, to type it out exactly, it's J-A-Y-L-E-N-1118, which stands for November 18th, my birthday. Yes, I take gifts. Uh, <laughs> but Jalen1118, J-A-Y-L-E-N-1118. Um, my Warrior Dad page on Instagram is we are Warrior Dads. All one word, W-E-W-A-R-I-O-R, -R, 
D-A-D-S, we are warrior dads. Um, and then my, my website's jalenmore.com. But uh, mostly nice. on my Instagram, you'll see, because then that'll lead, that I bleed stuff in from there to my Twitter, which is Jalen underscore Moore, M-O-O-R-E. Nice. All that'll be in the show notes too. I'll, I'll link up jalenmore.com, jalen1118 for Instagram. So everybody listening will be able to uh, check that out in the show notes so you don't have to write it down. And this was awesome. I know you got to get going, brother, but I really appreciate you taking the time. I love the conversation. Um, as with every podcast, I learned I, I learn a lot and always something to walk away with. So I, I just really appreciate you and what you're doing. And I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you much. And uh, let's talk more for sure. Absolutely, man. Gone. All right. Take care. Love to the family, man. Be safe. Same to you, man. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.